Hello, everyone, and welcome to My Pleasure, a podcast that I really need right now because I am actually only two days in, two, only two days into a trip at my parents' house. And I gotta tell you, the blood is boiling. It's really fascinating because I love my family. Like, disclaimer alert, I love my family. They're my best friends. Blah, blah, blah. But there's just something about your own family that can really actually make your own blood feel like it's turning into a thick syrup that is like boiling throughout your uh, skin. And it's, yeah, I think, you know, something about it being the holidays, something about it being cold, something about maybe me not being, having been fully ready to pull the trigger on a trip home. You know, I think I maybe needed a little more me time. Um, but nevertheless, we're here. We're in the basement. I'm on the futon. I've got Pepper here. If you don't know, Pepper used to be my dog until, um, I couldn't take care of him anymore because I was an open mic comedian slash babysitter slash Equinox employee about 10 years ago. Gosh, no, like 12 years ago. And so Pepper uh, moved here. He moved to Skokie, Illinois, where he has a wonderful life, absolutely controlling my parents. And I think that's good for everyone. I really do. So today, today. I've got questions from you guys. I've got boiling blood. Let's party. Um, first of all, first of all, just like a quick little tidbit of life advice for my friends who get their period. Um, I highly recommend tracking your cycle. This is, it sounds like an ad. It's not an ad. Like, I just want to say a really big life upgrade for me has been like knowing when I'm in the part of my period cycle where I have no energy versus where I do have energy and almost like working with that and cutting myself slack in the days before a period starts. Like I'm, this is just like blanket statement life advice. Track your cycle. Like I feel so good versus so bad on different days and I I know I've said this before but like it's really important to me to not listen to my own thoughts and not trust myself when I'm in a bad mood and part of a big part of that is like not listening to myself on those harder days of my cycle because it can really cost me opportunities like I could just say no to things just because I'm in that mood or in that place. And I'm just, it is crazy that I'm 34 and I'm still really struggling to manage my periods. <laughs> like, I just have to just say that. And so I'm, I made some progress in some awareness. And so that's that. And now we'll move on. But I just am like, look into that because it's really been smart for me to do so. Okay. Um, I overheard someone I know, I heard someone I know say, 
um, something that I really connected to. And it was such a quick little tidbit. And I felt so like I, I held on to their words and I want to share them with you. And this person said that, that they felt like they have so much attention to give and to receive, to give and to take. And I was like, holy shit, that's me. I just, I really feel like that. I really feel like I, I, I'm, I have so much attention, company, um, conversation. I feel like I just have the world of it to give and to receive. And like, it almost, the second I heard that, I just pictured myself and like how I, I sort of just, and I think this comes from, I'm sort of learning that like maybe growing up, I was quote unquote emotionally neglected and I don't mean that like in a bad way like no one did anything wrong no one you know was just like my I don't think my parents really like connected with me because I'm always trying to solve this mystery right like my parents were always home um I was kept very safe but like I never felt like connected to others and in fact like I'm also realizing the reason that I love comedy and making people laugh and like being made fun of is like a source of love for me is because growing up I was the youngest kid in the family and everyone like laughed at me and that was like fun for everyone to like make fun of what a silly idiot I was and so that is and I I cherish that believe it or not I view that as a positive whether or not I should or shouldn't like I don't know but it's very it's such a source of joy for me to be like laughed at it's it's totally weird but okay maybe not I think a lot of youngest siblings maybe have something like that okay But when I heard someone say this, like, so much attention to give and take, I just, I instantly, like I said, like, pictured myself as a kid, and I sort of, like, I just identify as a kid playing alone in their room, and then, like, whenever someone else walks in my room, I'm like, oh my god, come on in. Let me show you all my toys. And like, here's my Beauty and the Beast tea set. And uh, these are my Barbies that I'm not allowed to open out of their box. And these are my Goosebumps books that I collect but don't read. And then like, here's my nightstand where I keep tiny little things and little mini puppies. And there's my stereo and my CD collection and my socks go here. And this is my top drawer where my mom keeps her papers. But this bottom drawer is my tights and my tap shoes. Like, I just feel like I have all this energy to like welcome someone into my bedroom, which sounds sexual, but it's not. And it it isn't even as like childish, I think, as I'm making it sound. It's like, oh my God, come on into my world. I have so much to tell you about my world and I'm so excited that you're here and who are you and tell me more about you. Like I feel like when I meet someone, like that is what I'm coming at them with. And it's almost why I love to wear it so loud and proud that I'm a bad kisser because I am so excited to, I'm just so excited. Like when I like someone new and kiss them, it's like, I just want to eat their face off because I'm so grateful that there's a person there that I, that wants to talk to me. And it's so, it sounds so fucking pathetic, but it's so real. And it, it's like, I don't know, it's just been a driver of my personality for so long. And I, 
I've just been more introspective this year and I don't know, like I, I'm sharing it. So sue me, please don't. Um, but all of that is also to say a really mm, fruitful source of my, in my life is finding people who I have things in common with as a way of learning more about myself. And like, sometimes they'll just say something in passing and you'll cling to it and you'll be like, holy shit, that's me. It's it, it me. And I, I hope that this podcast in a way is a version of that for you. And I think it's such a positive thing because sometimes you'll be able to to more easily see things in another person than you can see them in yourself. And so then you can kind of like put these pieces of the puzzle of yourself together through connections with people who are similar to you. And maybe, by the way, maybe you're not self-obsessed and you don't want anything to do with this. To each their own, okay? But for me... (laughs) I love this shit. I love to like dig deep within and you know, it almost, oh my God, it makes me think of this, this metaphor that I, I've been like ruminating on and I use my childhood home where I am right now. So it's like relevant as this example. So picture a house and you live your life, you live your whole life in this house and your life is totally good and normal. It's your life and it's it, everything takes place in the house, right? Like you wake up, you go in the kitchen, you make your breakfast, you go in the TV room, you watch some TV, you go to your bedroom, you make a phone call, you go into different rooms of the house and you live your life. You know, let's say you have a home office or you call a friend, your whole life takes place in this house. But all the while you're living this life in this house, there's actually a crawl space under the house. And you don't know what's in the crawl space, right? And you never go in there because you're just like, ew, that's the crawl space. Like it's dark and scary. And like there might be cool stuff in there. Like there might be weird old toys or like hidden gems from uh, your ancestors. Um, but there also might just be like spiders and spider webs and rats or bugs or mice. Like there might be really scary stuff in the crawl space, but your whole life, you never go in it, but it's always, it's always underneath you. It's underneath everything you do. And so that's sort of how I look at my life, right? Like me and my everyday existence is in the house but there's always the crawl space like the crawl space is always there and like in your in your mind and body you have a crawl space and it's right under the surface and you never have to go in it but like you could and so I feel like I'm kind of entering this part of my life where I'm like I'm ready to dig into the crawl space very slowly very slowly and like, I'm going to put on gloves because I don't want to get bit by a spider and I'm going to dress in, pro- I'm just going to dress protectively and I'm only going to go like one little box at a time. Um, but I'm ready to kind of slowly explore it. And so that's sort of where you're finding me in my life as we do this stupid podcast. Okay. 
I also want to actually let's move on to um, our segments. My anti-sadness this week is very inspired by being stuck with my parents, who I love very much, but like anything, too much time with anyone or anything, it's too much, it's too much. So my anti-sadness this week is quite simply alone time. I just want alone time. Like, I just need it, you know? And I think it's so, it's beautiful. It's, it's a magical gift from the universe to just sit down on a couch in a bed. Uh, in my current situation, a futon that is over 40 years old and just do whatever the fuck you want to do. Listen to a podcast, eat a snack, journal all the things, lay there, lay there, do nothing. But alone time is essential. And it is, it is, believe it or not, an anti-sadness. It's so simple. I just think especially for you, if you're traveling for Thanksgiving or whatever you're doing, even if you're just going to a Friendsgiving, you know, really know that you're going to need some quiet time to yourself. And that there's nothing wrong with you and that that's actually going to be really a huge resource for you. That's how you're going to get your energy to actually be a fun, good person to be around is by spending some time alone and looking inward. Highly recommend. And let us continue on to taste of the week. Taste of the week is... um. It, it, it sounds, it's, I just want to warn you, it sounds really simple, but it's, it's hot chocolate. Okay. But it's actually kind of like a hot girl, hot chocolate. Ooh, double eight, double, it's okay. <laughs> it's a hot girl, hot chocolate, kind of. It's really like, basically what I do is I get my, whatever my current mood of milk is for me right now, it's Elmhurst brand cashew milk. I ordered on Amazon. It's annoyingly expensive, but it's just become, it's become a crutch for me in my life. Like I had to order a case of six boxes or six like bottles of it to my parents' house because I, the day I got here, I was like, I actually can't move forward in life without it. And my dad's screaming at me. He's like, what are we going to do with all these? And I'm like, shut up. Just shut up. And I also, went to the mall and bought a milk frother the first night I got here. And that was another huge issue with my dad. Like, he, he was just like, okay, we, side note, tangent. He was, tonight my dad was showing me his favorite scenes in some of his favorite movies. One of them was a scene in Wolf of Wall Street. And if you know the movie, it's the scene where um, Kyle Chandler's character, who's the FBI agent, is sitting on Leonardo DiCaprio's yacht. And they're having this like really passive aggressive charged conversation where uh, Jordan Belfort, Leonardo DiCaprio's character, like essentially bribes the FBI agent. And the FBI agent is like, oh, you just bribed me. And like, he says something really nasty about like, I can't wait till the FBI seizes your yacht, buddy. And 
Leonardo DiCaprio is like, get the fuck off my yacht. Like, he's pissed. And so the FBI agents are walking out. And as they're walking off of his yacht, Leo picks up a wad of cash and he's like, here's a year's salary for you. And he's just like flipping the like hundred dollar bills in the air into the water, into the abyss, just to like rub it in their face. And of course, of course, my dad goes, that's you. And I'm just like, what? Because I got cashew milk and he's like that's you with your milk frother and your new jacket and the fingerless gloves you got like okay i got to skokie it was really cold i needed a jacket i needed some gloves okay Uh, yes sorry it's not exactly like spewing hundreds of dollars of bills into the ocean hundred dollar bills in the ocean but um it was just so funny my dad is so dramatic he has been Honestly, thank God he has been so funny this trip. Like, um, yesterday he mumbled to himself that he married for looks and it was his mistake. And I, I mean, it's just, it's just a rock and roll kind of lifestyle here. It's like, it's just chaos. Last night, um, my mom like dug out all these old cameras and then my dad like fucked up one of the, old rolls of film and my mom was pissed and like it was just I almost like have to sometimes play like mini marriage counselor here which I actually like to do because I've learned tools on how to prevent like create like just like small little annoying fights um and so I'm happy to share them with my family and then my dad gets mad he's like you're playing marriage counselor and I'm like I have no fucking choice (laughs) and again I don't mind it sometimes it's too much not the marriage counselor just like my mom telling me my hair is a rat's nest and my dad waking me up at 8 a.m for no fucking reason just like so this morning we took my dad to his doctor's appointments and my mom is like comes downstairs to check on me after my dad woke me up and i'm like what i'm in the fucking bathroom i'm like brushing my teeth. I'll be ready in five minutes. I literally take the quickest amount of time to get ready than of anyone I've ever heard of. And she's like, sorry, your dad's like a caged animal. Let loose. He's so nervous. He's going to be late to his doctor's appointment. So I'm like having to rush to get ready. And then God forbid, also my dad hates that I drink coffee. Like he just, he treats me like I'm this like satanic addict when it comes to coffee. And when he when he drives me to Starbucks, he's like, look at all the people. They walk in tired and sad and they walk out energized and peppy. They're drug addicts. And so every morning, my dad's like, you can't have coffee today. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up. It's actually been a really good exercise and like, just, oh, do you hear pepper? It's been a good exercise in just, in just like, completely ignoring a person and I almost am trying to tell my mom that like when my dad gets mad that you bought like a $15 mug just just like walk away (laughs) anyways okay as I was saying there's a hot girl hot chocolate on the block and we gotta we gotta talk about her so I got my milk frother I got my cashew milk I froth I put that I put the milk in the frother and then I add like a little spoonful of um cocoa powder which i think is the same thing as cacao powder i'm not really sure but you know and i i don't add sugar which i think i would if i was having it 
earlier in the day, but because I have it at night, I just kind of want to not be wired from sugar. So it is kind of just bitter. And then I add like a little bit of these chocolate element, um, you know what they are. They're like, I've talked about them before. My friends show me them. It's like, um, is it E-L-M-N-T? Something like that. It's like basically salt. You could just add salt, but I do like a salty hot chocolate and that's my taste of the week because it's fucking cold here. And honestly, it's cold in LA too. And so I need just like something to warm me up. If it, it just feels like a treat, even though it's not, it's not naughty at all because cocoa powder is supposedly like really good for you. Okay. That's the taste of the week. I'm going to actually grab a sip. Well, first I'm grabbing water. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, crush of the week. My crush of the week is TikTok. I know that's so basic, but just like being home with family really reminds you of like that deep loneliness for me. And so I think just like knowing in my phone, I have this app I can open up and just like literally meet new people constantly and hear from them. And the algorithm usually makes it so that every so often there's at least like a few that I feel like I'm so similar to and can really connect with and be entertained by. So my crush of the week is TikTok because I swear you guys, it really just reminds me of why I do what I do when I come here and I feel that loneliness from childhood and that it's it's more than loneliness though it's like an aloneness it's like it's just like you're just by yourself I don't know there's something so different about being in your childhood home where you know for me like I don't have my car I don't have my all my my friends, even though I have my phone and all that, there's just, it just really triggers me back to that time, which is, it sounds like it sucks, but it is really healthy for me because it does. And I know I tweeted this just to be funny, like going home reminds you of what you're running from, but it does. It really does. It reminds me of a boredom that I have felt so deep in my gut that like sent me on a crazy journey of like being a weird creative person I don't know working in comedy whatever it is but anyway anyways <laughs> pretty chill right everything nothing to see here um my top five-ish this week was actually requested I saw someone asked me this on Instagram top five uh, favorite places to be so one is New York City and that actually came up for me in my mind just like driving through cornfields this weekend going to my to visit my sister and just how isolating it feels to be out in the middle of nowhere like middle of Illinois near Wisconsin and how I really relate to people that like move from a small town to a big city because I I just I you you just whatever you think sucks about New York, that goes away the second you're driving through a cornfield. You're just like, oh my God, no. The hustle, the bustle, the lights, the noise, the t the late night delis that are open, even just the, even fucking walking in the cold weather, even the subway, like that all makes so much more sense 
take me to a cornfield. I will live in a rat infested studio apartment in Manhattan, Midtown, like right by all the tourists. I don't give a fuck. Like that's where I'd rather be. That just sound, it just, it's just New York City, like, it does really feed loneliness. It, the The fact that it's referred to as the city that never sleeps is why I feel so secure there. And it's, like, why when I was in college and I lived a, on top of one of the busiest bar in my college town, like, that's when I slept the sweetest at night. I love not feeling isolated. And it's also why, like, a prerequisite to being in a relationship with me is, like, you have to stay up late. You have to stay up later than me. You now, obviously, that's not always going to be the case. And I didn't really like plan that out. It's just thank God that Dave is a, is like an, a night owl. But that's a, a safe, happy feeling for me. And of course, I can replicate that on my own. I really can. Like, I play a podcast to fall asleep every night. I will put on reruns of Seinfeld. I just need action. I need to not feel like I'm the last person awake at the sleepover because chances are if we're at a sleepover, I'm going to be and I don't want to fucking feel that. Okay. Next favorite place to be. Really hard to uh, say this one in my current state, but it is my parents' basement and it is where I am right now. And at the end of the day, as much as I'm bitching, I love being here. You know, everywhere I look, there is a memory from my childhood. And as much as I bitch about my childhood, there was also a lot of good to it. And, you know, there's a reason that when I watch Pawn Stars, there's like these little um, 1950s replica car toy things there's a reason those get sold and for like thousands of dollars because everyone everywhere is looking for their childhood and i'm i'm guilty as charged like show me a poly pocket and whatever brain chemicals i was looking for have suddenly appeared and i'm happy and that is what I get in this basement. You know, I look around, I see a poster from the children's hour, the Lillian Hellman drama that I had a really fun role in where I played a little girl who like ruined people's lives. It was awesome. I was the villain and I got to dress in like, like a 1950s schoolgirl, and I was a nasty little girl and I, I loved being in that play and I learned so many life lessons being in that play. And there's the poster. I'm not on the poster, but you know, hey, that's why I had to move to LA and devote my life to um, becoming an actor, whatever I am. Then I look over here. Oh, there's a framed photo of my grandma, my sister, my mom, and my niece. I'm not in it. Okay, that reminds me that um, I'm jack shit to certain people. So that's also fulfilling. Then I look over here. I see all my Disney VHSs. I see Peter Pan, Pinocchio. Oh, Pinocchio is so scary. Not ideal. Um, I see a fucking Kuropi, a Sanrio Kuropi photo album. I see a jewelry box that I got for free at a casino gift shop because my dad had points when we went to the buffet. I see, actually see a lot of things from casino gift shops, if I'm being honest. Um, I, let's turn over here. I see Mr. Mouth. Only the dumbest 
but easiest game to play by yourself when you're little. Um, you know, we've got Parcheesi. I never really learned how to play that one. A bingo set, a crib from my mom's childhood, which is definitely, um, definitely not safe for children. Not sure why she's saving that. Maybe just to kill my baby on accident one day if I have one. There is, what else do we have here? A clear plastic boxes with beanie babies. Fuck yes, I'm going through that as soon as I stop recording this podcast because there's a little dear beanie baby that I want back in my life because it reminds me of Dona. I think of her. I think of that beanie baby a lot when I look at Dona. Um, so there's like, there's things here. There's like this, the, the basement wall is all paneled in wood. You know that old ass wood paneling that like if you bought a house and it had it, you'd paint it over because it's so ugly. That's what's in my basement and I fucking love it. It's like, it just makes me feel like I'm in a, in a house from the fifties. I see a holiday Barbie still in its box. Really mom? I couldn't play with it. It's worth $5 today. We, we made a bad investment. Let's just face that. Puzzles. And then all my shit from, from present day, which is like my base luggage and a Lululemon pouch and my dog pepper. So this is one of my favorite places to be. And I encourage you to, um, figure out what your top five favorite places to be. And hopefully they're less mentally ill than mine, but hopefully not. The next on my list, believe it or not, is my home in LA. I've always had a complicated relationship with calling someplace home other than my parents' house. I'm maturing. I'm able to feel at home there now. And that's a really big step for me in my life. And so I find a lot of comfort in sitting at my dining room table. That has really been my comfort space lately. I sit there, I spread out, I put some books near me, a notebook, my iPad, my phone, some coloring, maybe a couple weed pens, just so that like I know they're on standby. And that's where I live most of my life. And it's one of my favorite places to be. Next on my list of top five places to be is having a guy's night sleepover. It's, I know it's weird, but when I am with my guys, we just get, we get crazy. We have so much fun and it's not always just guys, but like we call it guys night. And I, I honestly think it was born out of an older, a, a guy friend of mine, you know, from who was closer with maybe five years ago. He would have these pizza parties and he would say they're all boys. And I would get so mad. M- mind you, we're all in our like thirties. We're, we're adults, but he would throw these all guy pizza parties. And I almost felt like they were just, a, they were just an excuse so that I wouldn't be there. And I would always threaten to show up and he would always be like, you're going to ruin it. And so I think I like took that concept and now I have my own thing and I call it guys night. And it's like, I arrange it. I'm in control of it. It's usually like me, John, Carlos, my friend Nick. And like, John always makes fun of us because we always do really girly things on guys night, like make food and go out for ice cream (laughs) But 
I just love laughing with friends and I love like when it's a sleepover, you know, because you know me, like I want to be able to feel like we're partying all night and no one's going to go home. And so that's one of my other favorite places to be. And then last on my list is just like being out at drinks with my fashion friends. And I call them that to like protect their identity so that they're not called out by name in case they don't want to be. But just like going to a fancy LA spot where it's just me and them and we have like our intimate conversations and it's like girly and we we just like everything is like stripped back like we just we share it all and it's just so invigorating and like life affirming for me to just connect with like my girls and I wonder if this is because growing up I would travel like I would vacation literally separately with my mom and dad like because my parents have absolutely no similar interests none whatsoever and so just organically like I would go on trips to New York with my dad and then like my mom would take me and my sister to Minnesota and so I think because of that I'm able to really have like these separate but yet equally fun hangs with like my guys versus my girls I don't know I I feel like gender is such a complicated subject right now in life and I'm just like throwing this out there keeping it simple even though I am not a guy I need a guy's night and then my hot girl homework for you this week is I think at least for me I really want to style black tights. I really want to wear black tights as pants because I saw Kendall Jenner doing it on Instagram. And even though she's like not my favorite person right now, because we had a horrible in-person interaction. Um, but whenever I take ballet class, I wear black tights. And then like when I run errands after ballet class, I'm running around town in my black tights with a t-shirt. And I always feel really good when I'm in that outfit like I feel like I'm this little ballerina that like is just don't mind me I just got off of dance class so like I'm in my dance outfit and you can't judge me because this is just who I am and so I'm inspired by that and then also seeing like that the cool girls are doing it I'm like wait 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 no 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 no. like that's my thing so I want to grab that while it's floating in the air and I want to style black tights and wear them and I think you guys should do the same if you want to. And like I talked about on TikTok, I'm totally going to be wearing tights under jeans this winter. Do that at your own peril. I don't know if it's cute. I don't fucking know. That's what I'm doing. I like it. I want to move to some questions um, that I got from you guys on Instagram. Oh, my friend from high school just texted me. He said, I'll be home from work tomorrow at like 6.30. If you want to hang, text me. Okay, okay, okay. Maybe I will. He always gets so mad at me because I always get to Skokie and I'm like, where are you? Where are you? Let's hang, let's hang. And then I disappear because my fucking parents, uh, 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 like, what's the word? What's the word? I can't think of it. But my parents will... um just take over my life and my time and then I never have time to actually see anyone even though I feel so desperate to. Okay, let's look at some questions. I screenshotted some good ones from you guys on Instagram. So 
Eliz Zeddy asked, do you have any specific ways to combat burnout? I'm struggling. Huge fan, by the way. Thank you so much. Yes. There's really one headline on how to combat combat <laughs> burnout. And it is you need rest. Like you, you can't, there's certain things in life. There's no fast track. There's no cheat code. It's always easier and better to just go straight to the real, the solution, the whole milk version. Like the skim milk is not cutting it. You need the whole milk version and it's, you need rest. You need rest and rest can be so many different things. It can be watching a TV show. It can be taking a walk. It can be getting more sleep on the weekends. It can be so many things, but you just need to find an activity that for you turns your brain off from your work or whatever it is you're burned out from gives you a break. Like I remember for years, probably a a straight up decade, I never took a vacation. I was like, what the fuck is vacation for? I don't get it. Like, that's so weird. Who needs that? Like, I enjoy life as it is, but I was, I was wrong. Like, vacation is really just a change of scenery to get you the fuck out of whatever your routine is and to like revitalize you. And in fact, like, you think you're doing yourself this, this, um, this like justified and noble act, this noble favor that you're doing to yourself by work, 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 work. Like I'm never stopping. Like I'm no, you're actually doing yourself a disservice because you will be your best, best self. Like you will be so much better if you just cut yourself a break. And I get it. Like we all live in capitalism or whatever the fuck it is that we're in where we're told if we're not moving every second of the day, we're useless pieces of shit. That's wrong. That's like some other, that's like what school or like our parents, like that's, that's like weird brainwashing. That's not true. And in fact, you should just tell yourself bitch, listen up. I will actually be my most productive best self if I give myself a break. And it's hard. We don't think we deserve it no matter what. No matter. I see this in everyone I know from people who who work as receptionists to people who are directing movies to people who are writers to people who are just every job, people who don't work, like no one wants to cut themselves that like meaningful rest. And in fact, that's something that Dave and I talk about a lot. It's like, hey, don't just like zone out on your phone. Like that's not really meaningful rest. You need meaningful rest. It can be, it can be zoning out on your phone, but like, you know, the difference. Okay. You know, the difference between like frantic scrolling to just like numb the pain versus like, ah, peace. Ah, rest. Okay. I wish I had better words than ah, peace, but those are the words. Those are the tools we have. Charlotte's page asked how to not be embarrassed of yourself. Okay. I consider, I identify as someone who's at the intermediate advanced level of not being embarrassed. And 
I think it's firstly like a skill that you practice and you get better at. I think it's like brainwashing yourself to just not care, right? Like, and realizing, you know what? Actually, a lot of it for me comes from my dad just constantly embarrassing me and then shaming me for feeling embarrassed and just being like, you should never care what others think. Like, who who gives a fuck? But then also my dance teacher once said something that I'm, I know I've mentioned this on, on other iterations of this podcast, whether it's been weird adults or, um, Esther Club or even this one already, but like, you know, my dance teacher said, don't ever be concerned about what other dancers in the class are thinking of you and your dancing because everyone is just looking at themselves. Because you know what? When you're a teenager, it is hard to like commit to the dance move and fucking feel it and make the faces and express yourself and just like feel that music and feel those, that choreography. That's embarrassing as fuck. Okay. As, as a teen, hell no, that's too hard. But the second you click into it, nobody cares about you. Nobody's looking at you. They're only looking at themselves. You can really set yourself free and just go there. And I think that whether it's true or not, you just tell yourself, nobody cares about me. Nobody cares about that's how, how do you think I do this podcast? Do you know if I sat here and thought of all my peers, all my friends, all my family, if they listened to this, I would be so humiliated. But I actually also wouldn't because it's like, why do you care? You should, you should be embarrassed that you care and that you listen. If you're listening in like a hateful, shaming way, like that's way more embarrassing than me doing it. And so part, but part of me when I do this podcast is like, I really have to be by myself and I have to feel like no one is listening. No one I know is listening and no one at all is listening. Like, in fact, when I record this, I come to the basement. My parents are not allowed near me. When I recorded it at home in LA, Dave has to be out of the house or he has to have his noise canceling headphones on. When I record fucking TikToks in my dining room, I, there's not a TikTok I record where I don't say, Dave, hey, noise canceling headphones. Like, I, wait, I'm actually totally contradicting everything I said because in theory, I shouldn't be embarrassed. But my point is that pretend no one's listening. And that's how you do it. I kind of made no sense, but I also kind of made sense. Okay, Kaylee, um, Kaylee Regent asked, I have to work out because I'm severely depressed, but I hate exercise. How do you force yourself? I mean, I get it. And unfortunately, there's really no other advice better than Nike. It's literally just do it. It's like, it's, it's like, this is actually why working on my movie was so good for me because I had no choice. I agreed to do the movie. I had to wake up at 6 a.m. And then stay up till at work till 5 a.m. And I had to work 18 hour days and I had to, um, 
memorize all these lines and it was really fucking hard and I loved it, but it was really hard and I just had no choice. You just give yourself no choice because life is really all about inertia. You could say habits. You could also um, read Atomic Habits by James Clear, which is a book that like I absolutely swear by and anyone I care about, I'm like, please read this. And then they don't and I get pissed. And literally people make jokes about losers who their whole personality is telling other people to read Atomic Habits. Like fucking fine. I get it. I'm, I will be that joke, but really think about the concept of inertia. A body in motion stays in motion. A body at rest stays at rest. Like, just do it. Just get up and walk. For me, that is the exercise I choose. People make fun of it. They say like, that's not really working now. Fuck you. I don't care. Walking is amazing. I'm so beyond grateful every single day when I go on a walk. I'm grateful I can do it because bitch, you spend two months with a broken toe and you can't walk. Sent me into my, one of my worst depressions ever. I hope if that happens to me again, I will be able to cope in a better way. I was not able to at that time. It was really, really bad for me. And so I would also say, cheesy as it sounds, there's a mindset. I have to exercise versus I get to exercise. So if you spend one hour in your mind where you literally tell yourself you can't do it, you're going to be really grateful at the end of that hour that you actually can get up and do it. Look, am I a motivational speaker? I I guess so. I guess I am. I feel like I was raised by a fucking maniac old man who just like forced me to do shit. And that both made me a lazy fuck who once I didn't have to, like it do stuff I just didn't. But it also, at least I know what it's like to be forced and to fucking do it. Okay. Grits and Bits asked me, how do you help a friend who has gone through a miscarriage? What can you do to support? So I really intend to do a deeper dive into my experience with my miscarriage for you guys because I know people have asked and I know they're so common and like we just, I think we really need to norm for me because look, it happened to me. I want to normalize that conversation. Any call me crazy. Any experience I have in life, I'm motivated to normalize it. Um, not that it's like taboo, but well, apparently it is to talk about it in your standup, but I still do anyway. I don't give a fuck. Um, honestly, you guys, I actually have really good advice here. Ask the person, like, like ask them. I, that might be wrong. I actually said it was good advice. Now I'm like, everyone's different and some people don't want to revisit and talk about stuff. But I'll say this. I have four close friends about who were all pregnant at the same time as me and they all had their babies and I didn't. And only one of them, uh, like kind of talks talked to me about it and was like, "Oh, are you going to try again?" and invited me to come be with the baby and you know, it is hard. Like it is it's sometimes like a very hard reminder to see those babies of my friends on Instagram, you know? It it's like, "Oh, they're all turning one soon." Like 
okay, like that would have, I could have had that too, but I didn't. And so those are small little, I guess we could call them like triggering things, but that's not to say that it sends me into any kind of like crazy spiral or depression. Like I'm not really that sensitive to the subject because I am dealing with my miscarriage probably a little bit differently than most people because I am mostly grateful for it. Like I'm mostly really grateful for the trauma and pain that it brought into my life and what how that was able to advance me to a next level of of who I am now. And so while I can see those babies on Instagram and be like, oh my God, crazy. Like, whoa, that could have been me. I'm also like, whoa, whoa, like, oh my God, thank God that's not me yet. So I, I see it both ways. And so it's clearly a very complicated subject and it's, it's, it's different for everyone because I know there's people who suffer from multiple miscarriages and are, are trying and really are certain that that's the path they want in life and are struggling with that. And, and I, my heart goes out to those people and I have friends in my life who have been in that position. And so it is different for everyone. I do, for some reason though, feel more connected to the friends who haven't just like shut me out completely, you know? And I don't know if they shut me out completely because they're like um, afraid of what I'll feel like or if they just don't like me anymore. <laughs> I don't know. But um I think especially if you're a close friend, it doesn't hurt to be like, whoa, what was that like? Now, mind you, there's no one in my life I'm like sitting around waiting for them to ask me about it. Like, I'm not that kind of person. I, I, um, I don't need to be congratulated. I don't need to be condolenced or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't need those things from people. Like, I'm very much my own person and I'm secure in, in my own life experience. I don't, I don't need other people to gather around me and root for me or, um, soothe me. I don't. And when I do need that, I'm very good at asking for it. Uh, I never want anyone because you know what? Because honestly, like I am not always thinking of what other people might need because I'm thinking about my own needs. And so I that's how I am. Now, that said, I when I think about the experience, I like it better when there's the people who at least went through that with me and were close with me at that time. Then afterwards, they're like, hey, you're going to try again? What's your deal? Like, I don't mind that. I think that's kind of nice. It shows me that they're not afraid of broaching a scary subject. And again, everyone's different. But I'll notice on TikTok, I will see a lot of videos of people talking about losing loved ones. And they talk about how like, people never want to talk about it, right? They, they, you say like, oh, it's my, you know, family member passed away and people just like change the subject. And that they're always, their preference tends to be like, oh, well, what was, what were they like? What was their name? What's a, what kind of person were they? You know, people like to talk about people. And I think certainly if there was someone in my life that I had lost, like I would love to talk about them. Like my grandfather, we weren't that close, um, 
but like if someone was like oh my god was he like i don't need that but i'm just saying like i can understand it would be nice to talk about someone now do i need to talk about my miscarriage not not really there was nobody there it was it was not a person so that's very different and i i don't want to compare that to losing a loved one because i'm a miscarriage i believe is much easier than losing a a person because a fucking miscarriage is not a person call me atheist but it's not a person and then we'll end on this one we'll talk a little thanksgiving um favorite side dish from thanksgiving first of all i fucking hate turkey on thanksgiving it's never good the only turkey i like is like sliced deli meat turkey which is probably just poison but that's the turkey i like my favorite side dishes are i really love a stuffing with like a ton of celery a ton of onion i love gravy I'm, I, you know what is about to happen is I'm about to list every single side. You know that's what's happening. I'm going to say um, mashed potatoes with gravy, mashed potatoes with cranberry sauce. Really, really tart, tart cranberry sauce. Um, I, I used to like swear by the jelly can. I think I now lean more towards this really tart homemade cranberry sauce my mom makes. And... Actually, that's it. I think stuffing and potatoes with... But by the way, mashed potatoes on their own, like, fuck you. Get away from me. But mashed potatoes with gravy and then some with cranberry sauce, that's that's a taste you need to have once a year. I think if you're American, you get to have that once a year. Like, I like, I like that rule that we have. Like, we eat that once a year. Love it. Green beans, give or take, not a big deal for me. Um, again, turkey, rarely am I ever putting that on my plate. If, if I am, it's more just like as a formality to not look rude. And for dessert, I got obviously pumpkin pie, but I really only need pumpkin pie once a year. And I, I need it with whipped cream, I think. And... I've had pecan pie a couple times. It's obviously amazing. It's obviously really fucking good. But whenever I've been in a position where I'm eating it, it's because I already had pumpkin pie and like it's too much. So I think this year I really want to pace myself and like make my smart choices and really enjoy those few bites of the right items and not add to my plate things that I don't need. So you guys we we're we're surviving thanksgiving together it's we're doing it it's 2022 is almost over and we're learning so much about ourselves this year we're becoming better people we're intelligent we're creative we're fucking we're just really smart and we're friendly and thoughtful and oh my god the my drink oh my god my drink is out Oh my God, if you're in LA or Chicago, Dayglow Coffee Shop, it's in Lincoln Square in Chicago, it's in Silver Lake in West Hollywood, it's so fucking good, it's an afternoon treat, it's half, okay, the base is like half apple cider, half cascara coffee, which is made from coffee cherries, which is so confusing, but my friend who is literally a mad coffee scientist who has worked for so many icons that he has to sign NDAs that like I can't ever ever dare tell but he's like my secret weapon in the coffee world and he actually 
used to live in Chicago, so he knows Peta in. So we're just like fucking brothers. Like we're we get each other. He he helped me develop. And, you know, based on, like, he knows my taste so well by now. Like, he knows I like things a little sweet, not too sweet. So, and then it has this coconut cream foam on top with cinnamon. And it's made from this imported from Thailand coconut milk that's so pricey and so good. And so, it's called the Iced My Pleasure. And it's, like, a little celebration of this podcast. So, if you're in LA or Chicago, highly recommend you try one this holiday season. It's the perfect late fall slash early winter like end of the year drink i get it iced because i just am like that but it's available hot my mom got it hot today she really liked it we went here in chicago so the iced my pleasure available at all day glow coffee shops the people who work at these coffee shops are so bomb like go in smile be like be friendly have fun it's a great vibe it's like local small town vibes in these coffee shops they have such a good aesthetic i'm just so like proud to be uh vibing with them and to make this drink with them and to be on their menu because their menu is so there's just no other coffee shop like it i I don't really like this guy tom who makes the drinks and crafts them all he really is like the walt disney of 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 like coffee it's it sounds crazy but trust me really successful people have said that about him i just can't say who because there's ndas but he is my secret weapon and now he's yours and my tour holy fuck is next week portland san francisco seattle get tickets esteronice.com san francisco we added a second show not to worry you can still get tickets esteronice.com these are going to be really fun I'm, I'm just like bursting, busting, busting at the seams with excitement for these shows. I'm going to come to your city. I'm going to drink all your coffee. Definitely let me know where to go. I also still need a place to stay in Portland. I'm going to look up hotels. By the way, I've slept at a fan's house before. I will do it again. Hit me up. Um, thank you so much for listening. And I'm also doing a sleepover by Esther Drop that is, it took me forever. It's not up just yet, but it will be, I think, by the time this episode is airing. Check out sleepoverbyester.com. Um, I'm launching a sweatsuit that has been in the works for a long time. It's one of my favorites, and I, I just feel guilty. Like, you guys need these. They're so warm. They're so luxurious. So check them out at sleepoverbyester.com and... um They're all hand-dyed and handmade in LA, obviously, because we're bougie. And I love you guys so much. Thank you for being here. And I'll see you next week, next Monday at 7 p.m. West Coast time for the live stream on AMP and every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget, share a screenshot, whatever it is, I will repost you. I appreciate you guys.